Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 400. 400 episodes of Underground Sports going down right now. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot of Sixers to talk about. We got a lot of crazy NFL shenanigans not dealing with the Eagles per se to talk about. Uh, they're like Eagles adjacent. Um, and then we'll get into some updates on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame ballot as well as uh, just whatever the hell else pops up on the timeline while we're live tonight. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. If you're watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi is the place to be. Uh, and, of course, if you missed the announcement earlier this week, we are officially going to be putting content up on YouTube. A lot of uh, pretty much every single uh, podcast on our network will be on our centralized YouTube channel. Uh, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia, subscribe, click the bell, uh, because podcast episodes in video form will be up before you know it. But uh, we're going to get into this thing. But before we get started, be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Follow Matt at Matt Castorino. Follow me at KBIZZL311. And uh, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feeds and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Also, big shout-out to our sponsors who've been riding with us for quite some time. Uh, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, and of course, the new ski goggles available at TomahawkShades.com. Gotta get them. They're brand new. Uh, and in the words of part owner Chris Hogan, can't believe they're selling them for under 150 bucks. So go get them now. TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP when you check out uh, to get 25% off your entire order. From TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the Surfside Iced Teas at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And linked in the Twitch channel right now uh, and in every podcast description, we're working on getting the promo code thing situated with them. Uh, but go to Bino Boards, uh, use our affiliate link to help support the show. What's going on, Matt? Just living the dream, you know? It's been a while since uh, we've been back in studio. It was easier for us to do Color Star Chronicles for six weeks to have, you know, screen sharing and everything through uh, the, the program we use. But back in studio, uh, and luckily we haven't had any more pop-ups with, uh, with Color Star. The only other thing is... Ben Simmons back in the news for even more ridiculous and, and babyish reasons. Uh, and he also bought an NFT that people lost their minds about. Um, good to see Ben's priorities are, are where they need to be. Uh, but his quotes this week about Joel Embiid made me want to pull my hair out. Yeah, so there's a Ramona Shelburne article that details a lot of uh, Ben Simmons' plight. What's interesting is this is it was very obviously an article pushed by Ben's agents mm -hmm. and uh, like his crew, right? Like this is this is a Ben supposed to be a painting Ben in a positive light, <laughs> uh, in which he says that he uh, had to be convinced heavily by Rich Paul to even come back to Philadelphia at the start of the season uh, because they had no leverage. <laughs> 
And so he does and expected immediately for things to like brighten up and change and was really pissed off when uh, the Sixers are like, thanks for showing up and doing your job and not telling us you were coming back. Right. Um, yeah, like he, his his insistence that Doc Rivers be the one to like roll out the carpet for him and like have all these apologies. When by the way, Doc Rivers is not really that critical at all of Benson. No, I, I'm sorry, not at all. Just, <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, th- there have been much worse media sessions than, than Doc Rivers post Game Seven. Um, but then he also said that uh, you know th- 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 everyone should have tried harder. Yet he also stopped the players from coming to see him. Um, yeah, and then he got mad that Doc Rivers didn't come see him. Right. Make up your mind. It's all really stupid and vague. And, um, yeah, it just paints him as this, like, sympathetic character. And, and he he's just, not. He just isn't. I don't know how anyone can read that and feel, like, sympathy for him. I don't know how anyone reads that and thinks, like, oh, yeah, this guy's, like, on the right side here. I'm I'm attaching my wagon to Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, yeah, he's missing out on tons of money, which is highlighted in the article as well. And yeah that's that's kind of what happens there when you refuse to work i don't know like you don't get paid for work that you're refusing to do Uh, i'm sure that they're like they mentioned there that there will be arbitration issues down the line about where that money ends up but you know yeah it just it's really frustrating because he he point he kind of he kind of throws these barbs at Embiid, and it's like for what like Mm -hmm. Embiid. We are we lose that Raptors series in five without Joel Embiid. I you know like right. <laughs> he was the famously the series where as soon as he stepped off the court we were in like trouble like yeah. every single time. Like, Greg he, Monroe was starting playoff games for us. It was awful. Like Boban was, <laughs> it was bad. It was a it was a a really really difficult series for everyone. Ben was bad in that series, mm-hmm. uh, especially offensively. Could not take control at all at any point. Um, and to, to just, like, throw shade at Embiid through that is just – it's so lowly, especially when Embiid has, like, had the season that he's had so far, especially the last month, how good he's been. To try and, like – I don't know. It, it just, that felt very intentional. Like, Embiid is, you know, getting all these MVP plaudits. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that the right. intention is on me. He's saying that, you know, he has to prepare every night. Uh, like, he's playing the game and, like, he's he, – it's still his team. Like – shut up like <laughs> then come back and play right like I'm prove so, it like i'm so tired of like he has to he's shunned he has to practice when no one's around no he doesn't no. he actually doesn't have to do that it like it's not like the sixers have from the very beginning like outcasted him he did that himself like a hundred percent did that himself so yeah I, I don't have any sympathy for him in that regard because so much of it is self-inflicted like mm-hmm. you're a grown adult you've chosen to put yourself in this situation and I, I feel i feel no sympathy none whatsoever it's absolutely insane um and the fact that like all of these like you know national media heads are going and caping for ben simmons the way that they are and like trying to paint it this way is absolutely disgusting like we've said it time and time again as you know just kind of a, a but we treated him like a make-a-wish kid during game six and game seven of the eastern conference semifinals we had people in the stands being like you can do it like it was the the freaking water boy it was yeah that's <laughs> that's a thing too it's like it's not like we've never supported Ben and encouraged him as fans and as the organization. Again, they gave him a max contract early, mm-hmm. like financially committed to him. And they wanted to hook him up with, with a shooting coach. They wanted to hook him up over the, over the off season to actually like work on his game. And he chose his brother instead. Right. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> the guy, the guy clearly doesn't want to improve his game. Clearly doesn't care about basketball that much, which is fine. But like, also you, you have been given everything. Mm-hmm. You you have been given all of the respect. You've been given the, the the early contracts. You've been given the praise. You've been you've been given the the coaches that you wanted. Even uh, we, we moved Your on brother. from Jimmy. Like all of it, all of it has been in the hopes that you have been happy with those decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, it's baffling. It's baffling that we're at this point too. That again, I I still don't understand what his his end game is here i don't understand what clutch's end game is here because if he doesn't get traded in the next week he's just gonna not have played basketball for a year and a half if he gets traded this summer 
and ends up on a team. But even if he doesn't get traded this summer, what then, then what? See, like, is he going to sit out th- four years of basketball? There's no way. It, it's, it's so stupid, and I don't know how he expects to recover from this afterwards. Yeah, there, there's no way that he can in terms of just, like, what team, if he sits out longer than, like, past this summer and everything, what team is going to, like, feel inclined, oh, yeah, we, we can fix that? There's going to be, like, his cost is going to be completely sunk. You're not going to get anything for him, and you're going to just have to kind of ride out an early max contract and have dead weight in your organization until, what, you know, Adam Silver steps in and, and tries to help the Sixers. Yeah, Miami will float before the time Adam Silver tries to help the Sixers get out of any situation. Well, Miami floating is maybe not far off. In the That's future, very true. If we're, if we're not careful. So, yeah, I, I don't even know what Adam Silver. I don't know. I don't think there is an intermediary that could, like, do anything with this situation. Um, they've already tried, it seems, with, like, the player union stuff. And, um, I mean, he technically is out because of mental health reasons. I, but apparently he's also going to be totally fine as soon as he gets traded. Right. It's, it's just all about not playing in Philadelphia. Um, and it's it's we've talked about this too, where it's it's so laughable that he thinks once he's out of here, like things are magically going to change once he steps on a court in a game time situation. You think fans across the NBA are not going to make a f- mockery of you and yeah. boo you and and haze you and come at you? There's no way that you can like logically think that way and just think that once you're out of Philadelphia, life is going to go back to what it was. There's no shot. Yeah. It's, it's gone beyond just like, and here's, what's crazy about it too. And I think we, we've mentioned this as well. If you just played by this time of mm-hmm. year, everyone would have like forgotten about that. No one would have even thought right. about like, no one like, yeah, he either would have been traded by now or he literally like all of would have been forgiven. Like sports fans, have short memories mm-hmm. and if he had just like sucked it up and played by now february it all like especially if the team is in the position they are you're you're two or number one seed maybe you're even better if ben simmons had been playing this whole year um no one's no one's like really like bringing it up until it comes playoff time and you suck again because you refuse to improve <laughs> but it, seriously like no one no one would really be like that like the large opinion would have receded towards like, well, he's a sixer. We got to, you know, whatever. Got to support him. Whatever. It would have just been the definition of insanity doing right. what we've done for the last five years. And yet somehow we're playing without our, our second highest uh, paid player. And we're what? 50 games into the season now. Um, and the Sixers are tied for second place in the Eastern Conference. It's kind of amazing when you consider this season that we've had that with the Bulls, like obviously in a lot of the injury situations that they have that um, like next week's show, we could be the number one seed. Kind of stupid. <laughs> kind of stupid, actually. I did not anticipate that, but I also did not anticipate uh, a new COVID variant that was going to like yeah. absolutely annihilate the league for a month and a half. So, Or, you know, Grayson Allen to strike again. and Yeah almost decapitated i guess it's like uh the mayhem insurance commercials you should always expect <laughs> the <mayhem>. unexpected <laughs> uh but it is wild to think that they are where they are in the standings right now they are better on the road this year which we talked about last week and it's all on the back of the now two-time player of the month joel Embiid. yeah uh someone that's obviously in the MVP discussion yet again, and that's fantastic to see. It's kind of crazy because uh, this team was three and eight going into that game against the Grizzlies without a bead, and you beat <laughs> what has been like one of the best teams in basketball over the last month and a half in Memphis. Um, I think they were like sixteen and three going into that game uh, in in that stretch. So yeah, you beat them without a bead, which is just shocking, <laughs> and it just goes to show too that like this team has. For the regular season, right? It's like a very strong team. Mm -hmm. I still have like grave concerns about us in the playoffs. I don't know that this team is like without any meaningful change in the next week is like actually going to improve. But you you can see like this team has the ability to win 
very serious games and Embiid when he's playing at the level that he is is like just an unbeatable player like there's no one in the east that can contain Embiid um in any reasonable way like the closest is Giannis and that's mm-hmm. it like I just I, I I'm in awe every time I watch Embiid and how good he is and his team is this team is doing a lot better than than I think I, I would have expected um but I think it's also because Embiid is, has recaptured that MVP form uh maxi's been really really good this season and that's probably the only silver lining of the ben stuff is that like maxi's gotten a lot more time that he probably wouldn't have gotten uh, and you saw it in that memphis game like he took over that game like he was one of the best players in that game featuring another mvp candidate in john morant like he looked like he, he very much belonged uh on that court in crunch time and and performing the way he did and i just think he's been uh he's been a revelation I gotta find this tweet that I saw the other night after Tyrese Maxey's just incredible performance against the Grizzlies, where he had 33 points. He went 13 of 23 shooting, eight assists, four blocks, uh, three uh, only three turnovers in that game for Maxey, and he became I think like the 14th player to ever have a stat line like that. Um, I gotta see if I can find it. It's like he's the youngest to do it since LeBron. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. pretty good company and then like i think every other player who's done that is either inevitably a hall of famer like they're still playing or they're in the hall of fame currently he is you know quickly playing himself into being untouchable in any trade (laughs) and apparently according to uh today's reports because the sixers are uh playing the wizards tonight bradley beal for the first time in a long time has said he is open to trade talks and Apparently the Sixers would like to be involved, but they have made Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel untouchable. So th- I would I would explore like Thibel in a trade involving Bradley Beal. Maxey, yeah, like no shot are you getting Tyrese Maxey for, for Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bradley Beal stuff is interesting because the Wizards are in a very interesting position because... They can offer him, I believe it's an extra year and an extra like 60 million total is what they're able to give him that other teams can't. Even I, th- I think even if he gets traded, but um, they have to like make a decision pretty much now in the next week about their future, mm-hmm. which is you could sign the Bradley Beal and get stuck on a contract, a super max contract that he's frankly not actually worth being on. Like he just isn't. Um, and they've already had prior experience with guys like John Wall, right? Like, that it's just it is such like a a hard thing when you're especially when you're far from being a competitive team right like the wizards are not close it's not like they're keeping the core together whatever you want to sell yourself on like they're not at that stage so you're you're kind of really hampering your future flexibility if you sign bradley beal to this because he's also not a top 20 player in the league like he's on that periphery but he's he's just not established Mm -hmm. enough to really he really never like took that next jump. No, and and part of that too is because of the situation mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's hard. Like, it's not easy to just want to like carry <laughs> this this load right. of of waste men into into something good. Like we've seen him play well. That obviously we played them in the playoffs last year, and um, I thought Beal was pretty good in that series. But 
you know, it's it's I'm sure it's hard to motivate yourself when you look around and think at best you're a play in team now. You know, like that is your best case scenario. When you consider how they've like just folded over the course of this season, they start out so hot and now just absolutely ashed out. I uh I I don't know that they re-signed Bradley Beal to that. And he's also an unrestricted free agent. He mm-hmm. could just walk this summer. So I wonder if they, you know, the smart thing would honestly be to to try and recoup some assets because they also don't have a ton of picks either. Uh, they're they're in a really bad position going forward, I would say, um, in terms of actually being able to like be flexible on their own and having assets. So it would probably be be smart of them to maybe try and explore a Bradley Beal trade. Um, for us, I mean Ben Simmons for for Beal, I would I would be interested in that. I, I wonder if Daryl would because he seems very much set on James Harden uh, and everyone else is very upset that he's very <laughs> set on James Harden. Uh, people are uh, begging in the NBA to investigate tampering yeah. claims uh, so much so. So I uh, I think the Bradley Beal stuff is, is definitely fascinating. It's going to be interesting to watch. I, I would be a little bit surprised actually if he's, if he's a wizard after the deadline. I wonder if Daryl's trying so hard to get James Harden so that they can do a sequel to the Red Phoenix documentary. <laughs> this time about Josh Harris and just what a plucky underdog he is. Um, and I mean, with, with Ben and Bradley Beal, it's not that big of an age gap either. Bradley Beal's only 28. He'll be 29 uh, after the season, I think, or like right towards the end of this season. Um, so, I mean, it's not that like massive of a, a swap when you're talking about like Ben Simmons and James Harden, who's going to be 33. Bradley Beal's still pretty much in the, like, just entering prime era of his career, I'd say. And, like you said, he's been in a situation where he's kind of had to be the guy carrying a bunch of, shout out to uh, Trilboro, dude, a bunch of slop. Um, And it's just, I I would like to see Bradley Beal in a different situation. And I think a lot of just, like, casual NBA fans would want to see him in a different situation than the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I mean... Last year, he was a fantastic player, and I, I don't think it's a surprise that this year when so much has gone wrong in Washington that he's, like, taken a step back in his own... Not the like, first time something's gone wrong in Washington. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he's been deeply troubled by what he's seen. Uh, you know, his efficiency has taken a step back, like his shooting numbers aren't as good, and I just wonder if in a better situation, if that it's just... He, he, he improves as a player. Like, I've seen that a lot where players sometimes leave bad teams or bad situations and proof we also seen them crater out too yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's a risky take with bradley beal too is that um maybe some guys are better being the big fish in a small pond sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. And I mean, it kind of intrigues me for the position Bradley Beal plays where he's kind of a hybrid, like he's he's kind of like a Jimmy Butler where like he plays that shooting guard small forward position with the Wizards, but to see him potentially play with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, that sparks my interest. Just seeing what he'd be able to do in a tandem with Joel and beat alone. And then you add the way Tyrese Max has been playing as well. I think it would elevate his play as kind of the, the primary ball handler. Yeah. He's like the kind of playmaker and scorer that you, you have been begging for on this team for a long time. Um, really not since Jimmy Butler, if you had someone that's probably able to create his own shot, like, uh, like Brett, like Bradley Beal can. So that would be, a big benefit to us. I still think the issue, though, with the Sixers is that defensively, you're going to have a very difficult time mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs this, this this year because, as much as we don't we don't like to say it, we don't like to give Ben a whole lot of praise <laughs> at, at this point. But defensively, he's a huge help, right? Mm-hmm. Like having someone in the perimeter like him, um, and if you're rolling out like Tyrese, 
feel to bias <clears throat> i don't know that's that's a tough look and and like the corpse of danny green with Embiid, like that's that's a struggle yeah. i think defensively and i think you're 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 asking to get uh to get hurt <laughs> with that one so um that's that's the big question mark too you know so much has been focused on like getting off ben and and what that could do for the sixers i think that i i just wonder if there's a smaller trade that is mm-hmm. is on the horizon that we're not thinking about because like it's hard to not think big picture with all right. of this um it's like not every time you go up to the plate do you need to hit a home run sometimes getting on base is fine mm-hmm. and i think i wonder if that might be the approach too here it's like there's just a, there's just a guy or a trade that we're not seeing let's not forget too we still have potential buyouts to, to right. look at as well this isn't going to be the last time the sixers are able to add someone but um you know, we'll have to see how competitive they are there. And there's lots of other teams that are going to be paying lots of, of money and, and going to have perhaps bigger roles, whatever, whatever. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we don't get George Hill again. Yeah, I would actually like really prefer to not see George Hill in the Sixers uniform ever again. Um, or any type of player like him that just decides, hey, I'm not going to be able to play when you trade for me. No, you know, no Alec Burks, no Glenn Robinson the thirds. Uh, guys who can actually get here on time. But then when he played, he was uh, frankly awful. <laughs> so, Absolutely atrocious. Um, and, I mean, Joel Embiid, like we said, he just continues to dominate player of the month for the month of January. I saw – I think he's the first um, Sixers player to go back-to-back with uh, player of the month in, like, team history, which is – pretty wild to think about that in terms of just like who's been yeah he Joel Embiid has become the first player in Sixers franchise history to win player of the month in back-to-back months that's via Sixers stats I mean just enjoy it while we got it (laughs) you know (laughs) seriously enjoy enjoy Embiid while we got him you don't get these great players in your lifetime sometimes so and we've talked about that a number of times and all of you guys can go vote Joel Embiid into our Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame ballot pinned to our Twitter account, um, which we'll have another fan poll go up tomorrow. As you guys are listening to this, it'll be Thursday. Um, but, Matt, the Sixers, they, they just continue to uh, to play really well, and, and that's all we can ask of them right now is just, you know, keep playing and kind of prove to the front office, be like, yeah, we, we deserve to get more help in here like they've done over the past couple of years. and. Quite frankly, it hasn't been the help you've wanted in terms of those trades that we've made. But overall, I mean, this team, from where they were, I'd say like a month ago, when we were talking about them, you know, kind of hovering in that that's five, six seed area, they're starting to really earn that credit and that, that ability for the front office to go out and make some deals. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, because we were talking about this team being like a, a play-in team. Yeah. And now, and now you're like sitting in the trade de- trade deadline thinking of ways that you can like maximize the roster because, yeah, you know, the, the league is, is pretty wide open and you have the chance of potentially being a number one seed again. Yeah, but anything can happen. When you consider where we were a month and a half ago to now, it's not inconceivable to think a month and a half in the future things could be radically different. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that has to be considered as well whenever you talk about like the Sixers' future here and, and any trades you make because other teams can make trades too. Bradley Beal could end up on some other Eastern right. con- contender, you know, like that's it's not out of the equation. So I think it's it's fascinating though because there's a few teams all around the league really that, that could use the extra help um, that are, I think it's, at least in a rumor sense, has been a pretty like active trade deadline. So obviously nothing has happened mm-hmm. yet, of course, but like there's been lots of, discussion at least it seems about different players going in different places like uh Sabonis seems like very very likely to be leaving right like there's been a lot of uh talk about anything with with the Kings like there's there's these situations all across the league where you really do feel now of course we've had these before in years past so there's no guarantee but like it does feel I don't want to say imminent but it does feel likely that you see like a pretty significant trade mm-hmm. um that could definitely affect uh, like a contender this year. I, re- I really do think that that's, that's more likely than it's ever been. Yeah, the deadline's in eight days. So, mm-hmm. you know, next week when we're we're talking, like it's going to be, you know, the eve of the trade deadline. Hopefully some more stuff, you know, makes itself clearer. We see if any moves go down, um, which will be very interesting to kind of just keep an eye on. And, and hopefully the Sixers make some moves that are, are valuable for this team and, and help Joel Embiid 
go out and uh, get ready for the playoffs. But Matt, the Flyers, they they probably listened to the podcast last week and absolutely slapped us in the face, and they've won uh, a couple games now in a row after the the long standing losing streak came to an end. They beat the uh, the Kings in overtime last Saturday, and then uh, just yesterday beat the Jets three to one. What for? <laughs> this is the uh, this is the yearly like non playoff flyers that mm-hmm. goes on like a nice like seven eight game winning streak just like good just enough, to spite us just to spite us and just to like tank any like actual uh, value out of the draft. We told you guys we're gonna be competitive next year, <laughs> starting right now. <laughs> <laughs> it it's wild, and uh, I mean the only like positive i'd say we can take away from the flyers right now claude drew going to the all-star game ovechkin uh i believe with drew i don't know if it's for injury reasons but uh of course everybody's favorite hockey player tom wilson replaces him and then claude drew replaces ovechkin as the captain for the team that he's on so drew gonna be a captain in the all-star game which is cool um and might be one of the last uh as Drew All Stars that we get here in Philly, right? Like he could be, could be gone after this. So, like Embiid, you gotta uh, cherish every moment you get yep. because <laughs> might be gone, might be gone. And uh, you know, hopefully the Flyers, just, uh, for for the sake of the future, keep losing. Yeah, let's just come on, do the uh, do the old Brian Flores and just <laughs> take take a nice vacation, take a hundred thousand dollars, and lose a lot of games. <laughs> let's what a segue uh we're gonna get into this brian flores discussion uh with everything coming out with him in the nfl but before we do big shout out to our pals over at pickup you guys can go to playpickup.com and play the hottest headlines in sports you rack up points on your fan profile you cash them in for prizes uh in the pickup marketplace so go to playpickup.com now anybody can play all you need is a phone number so go to playpickup.com now and start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Brian Flores from the Rafters <laughs> calls out, I think it was five teams in the NFL, uh, and of course the Miami Dolphins in there as well, about racism, discrimination, and hiring, how he was offered $100,000 per loss back in 2019, which going into the draft that they would be assessing. That was the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, two of draft. Um, and a, a whole whole lot of mess coming out from the NFL. A lot of players vocalizing their stance and agreeing with Brian Flores and, and some shady things going on on the field and in, uh, you know, in locker rooms and in organizations. But Brian Flores... Uh, full-blown said like he knows he's risking the opportunity to coach in the NFL again by doing this but he's going to take a stand for what he believes matters and I mean the the visual proof of everything happening and the the snafu text messages from Bill Belichick was just the the cherry on top in this entire thing of just like the mess that the NFL is Bill Belichick thinking he was texting Brian Dable instead of Brian Flores is unbelievable old white man syndrome and not only that but uh having a signature on your text bb (laughs) like that people thought that that was like fake because that's like they've never texted someone who's born in like 19 in the 1960s yeah like if you've if you've never had to have like someone that you've met that's like just old that that is how and you know he was glasses at the edge of the nose like one one thing at a time um one finger yeah, so there's there's lots to unpack here. One is that racism is not an easy thing to prove, right? And right. I think a lot of people, I think what's really difficult about, about this conversation too is that a lot of people assume racism has to be you're using like a racial slur against yeah. someone. And that's not, that is racism, that is. right? But like that isn't the only form of racism. Right. And institutional racism doesn't necessarily mean like slavery and bondage and all these, like, no, like, institutional racism can just be like not even racist actions but that culminate in like racial segregation Mm -hmm. or or in racial inequality like so when you have like 80 percent of the decision makers being white guys and they continue to hire other white guys like 
that is that is that can be considered a form of that right like it's it's not hard to see and and that's what's challenging as well about this too is because you know the giants can just say well we really wanted dable this whole time right and um there obviously is the rooney rule in the nfl where you have to uh at least interview, interview two uh minority candidates from outside of your organization right in, in, in an attempt to get you know diversity within the league right D- diversity within the the not even just necessarily head coaches but all all branches coordinators right um gm candidates so you know defenders or, or i guess opposition to brian flores let's say will say well you know they just wanted their guy and he's upset because he didn't get it but i would also counter by saying that these like the experiences of a black person in america are going to obviously differ from a white person in america and there are some things that you just know happen and i trust that brian flores is not like risking his entire career and his entire like character because he was just upset because he didn't get hired or something like no he feels he didn't get a fair shake and he didn't get a fair shake and he feels that's because of his race and that's i don't think he's wrong (laughs) i i suspect that this happens a lot more often and i i respect him for for having the voice and the courage to yeah like lay down the fact that he probably will never get a coaching job in the in the nfl again as a result of this but people also said that kaepernick had no case and guess what he settled (laughs) <laughs> because they didn't want discovery on the texts that they sent about him. They didn't want people to know about the collusion that they had about keeping Kaepernick out of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and people gave like people gave all types of nonsense to that case. And it settled out of court because they didn't want the things being brought to light. Um, and I, I just... I'm not shocked anymore at like the levels to which like some people will perpetuate stereotypes, perpetuate like their power structure... We know that a lot of the owners within the NFL are just racist old white dudes. Mm-hmm. We've, they, they've, they, they don't hide it either. Like, they'll say it. It was that old Texans owner, right? When um, there was a lot of, obviously, like, social uh, justice change over the last few years, and there's been a lot of protests and things like that. He described it as inmates running the prison. It's just an incredibly racially charged thing to say. And this was a guy that was running the team. Like, mm-hmm. he owned the team, and his son is still in charge. And you're telling me there's no carry over there the texans by the way are apparently going to hire josh mccown uh as eagles legend coach, who uh who is his nfl experiences that he played in the nfl mm-hmm. which is you know fine enough uh but as far as coaching goes he's coached a high school, high school football team for a year while still playing in the nfl so there you go there's <laughs> it's just i i would i would say to anyone that's like being uber aggressive and like defending nfl teams um to not do that because they don't deserve for you to carry their water for them um and i think brian flores is is probably speaking on something very true as as far as the the racial the racial discrimination goes i really i really do believe him and i really do believe this is something that happens in this instance and in a lot of other cases that we just don't see as far as the the pay to lose thing that i mean if you're talking like actual integrity of the sport that's a huge issue and he has said that other coaches have reached out to him um and that there was i don't remember her name but there was um there was someone that that reached out to him on twitter and said yeah like i have like actual evidence that this happened like with hugh jackson uh in in cleveland like (laughs) it's not i don't know like it's it's more than just like that feels like something you can definitively prove. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like things like racial discrimination, are frankly, unless there is like an actual message somewhere, which there, there probably isn't, like that is a harder thing to prove, especially if you talk about like court of law or something like that. Um, but for some of this stuff, like I don't know, like I, I just and it, let's also not forget, like Stephen Ross is the owner of the Miami Dolphins, right? Known donor to a former president uh, that <laughs> left office a couple years ago. Um, but it, it came out that like he hasn't paid his his like federal income taxes in like five years. Yeah. So Yet Brian, he, you're able to offer a hundred k per loss to somebody. Wonder where you're getting that money from. Brian Flores reveals that other coaches have been in contact to say they were offered money to lose. Um, this is this is from uh, from Cameron Wolf. As I mentioned, they had a spoke with a, of the program, Cameron Wolf. I, 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 with a witness who said he heard Steve Ross offer Brian Flores 100K for every 2019 loss. Flores' team says they have corroborating evidence, including messages from GM Chris Greer, if proven integrity of game in question. Dolphins deny the allegations. And Cameron um, is somebody who is 
very in tap with the Miami Dolphins, covered them with ESPN before going to NFL Network, South Jersey guy as well, right. um, friend of our show. So anything Cameron's putting out there involving the Miami Dolphins, you can legitimately trust that um, because he's very in tap with the organization. As of four hours ago, too, Yahoo Sports reporting that Hugh Jackson may join Brian Flores' lawsuit. Yeah, so this is um, Kimberly Dimert, who I think was like, she's a... She used to be like a private investigator and also is like involved professionally with, with Hugh Jackson some way. Uh, she said, quote tweeted uh, like a, an article about Brian Flores and congratulations, Brian Flores, for your bravery. We have records that will help your case DME. NFL and NFL Commission knew about this and covered it up. They did this with the Browns, paid Brown, D Podesta, and Barry bonus money along with Hugh Jackson to tank for 2016 and 2017. And Hugh Jackson replied saying, I stand with Brian Flores. I can back up every word I'm saying we all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons but what if i told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football baseball basketball or hockey come join me dom ponteri and harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the outside the box podcast talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Yeah, Kimberly Dimert is... She's the executive director of the Hugh Jackson yeah. Foundation. So, uh, very <laughs> in tap with Hugh Jackson. Wow. So this is this is only gonna get uh uglier. Uh, it's only gonna get uh yeah uglier, and I I think again you know this is this is two two years in a row where like these underseed parts of the NFL are are leaching to the surface, and you know it's it's a real issue because there is this old boys club that exists within mm-hmm. the sport that uh isn't isn't good isn't healthy. I mean, look at like four months ago, you had the John Gruden stuff. Yep. Um, and you had. That was connected, obviously, to the Washington football, well, the Washington Commanders now, um, <laughs> scandals and stuff is like this stuff exists and mm-hmm. is bad. Like I don't know, I don't know how to frame that for people any better. But like, I, if if you really are so naive to think, and again, I get that in the court of law, it's more than just like you believe. You have to right. prove these things, right? And I get, and that's what's tough about this. And people are gonna say he doesn't win the court case or whatever which is so far in the future but they'll use it as some kind of stick to beat this argument with in the future which sucks but if you really don't believe that these things exist i think you're being incredibly naive i really think you are if you like it, we have massive racial inequality issues in america among other inequality issues mm-hmm. but that is one of the very highest and if you really think that that doesn't bleed over into workplaces because that's what this is mm-hmm. you're just incredibly naive you are you are incredibly naive and i would assume that you are not aware <laughs> of like your surroundings um or like that means not that you're part of the problem but if you're not aware of it that's probably because you're benefiting from the privilege of not even having to think about it a way person leaves an interview will never have to worry about if they didn't get that job simply because of the color of the skin it'll be like for some other reason whatever you know brian flores leaves a job a black person leaves a job and in the back of their mind they do kind of have to wonder if they didn't get the job solely because they were black or spanish or or native like you know like it's brian flores too he's his parents are from honduras like and he's a good that's what's so that's what's mind-blowing about all this too he's a damn good he's a good coach and immediately after uh, he was fired. There's all these hit pieces about him coming from Miami about how the players hated him, which I don't get because it. Listen, they went what like they were one and seven, and then they go yeah. on this amazing win streak. A team they that like it, lost eight straight and then won eight yeah. straight, something like that. A, a, a team that is that hates their coach that much we're is not, not doing that. No, like that's like that's the that is the antithesis of like losing the locker room. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Like you, you don't. You don't have a bunch of guys that don't like you, that don't like your attitude, that don't like your abrasiveness, allegedly, right? Um, but then go out and like almost revive their season for you. Yeah, I just I refuse happen. to believe that. You two straight winning seasons, which doesn't happen in Miami, by the way. No, <laughs> like it's it's absurd to me. So 
And, I mean, you look at the NFL right now. The only black coach hired in a position is Mike Tomlin. And there are only two, if I'm not mistaken, minority coaches currently in position, and it's Mike Tomlin and Ron Rivera. Uh, so Byron Leftwich is supposed to be the Jaguars' next head coach. Yeah, as long as Trent Baalke doesn't right. continue to block things. <laughs> Which, again, I mean, you're talking about an yeah. uncomfortable power structure there. But, yeah, I mean, especially, right, like, it's a sport that is predominantly black, too. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I, it's, it's just kind of puzzling to me. Just because it's a predominantly black sport doesn't mean that every coach has to be black or has to right. match the same percentage but you know you would think that there would be i don't know 10 at least <laughs> like you would think that brian flores off the back of two straight winning seasons isn't canned for that no and it's not like he's he's older like brian flores is 40 he's a bright young coach who like, <laughs> was like in terms of the grand scheme of everything the most successful bill belichick disciple yeah. coach we've seen in history josh just, mcdaniels it's... failed Joe uh, Joe Judge failed. Right. Like, every guy who's left New England has failed, except for Brian well, Flores. Mike Daniels is getting another ride on the phone yeah, out in Vegas. Of course. So we'll um, and Brian Flores even attempting to overstep, you know, the quote-unquote wishes of the owner, went 24-25 and 25 in his three years in Miami. And like you said, winning seasons don't happen in Miami. And he was able to, you know, go through and have back-to-back winning seasons. I just am truly still blown away that he got fired. Um, and any team that's like having reservations about hiring him, it, you're just stupid because you're missing out on a phenomenal coach. And whether you hire him as a coordinator to just be like, hey, come be a coordinator for a year and, and build back up to, to be a head coach, it, it blows my mind. And a lot of people also brought up too, I saw uh, the situation with the Arizona Cardinals where they had Steve Wilkes in 2018 – you had Josh Rosen, then you fire Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen's gone, you bring in Cliff Kingsbury, you get Kyler Murray, and, you know, Cliff went 5-10 and 10 in his first season, got a chance to, you know, build and grow as a head coach in the NFL. Steve Wilkes went 3-13, and 13. it was canned after a year. And you might see Kingsbury back next season, despite yeah. this is now another year where they've collapsed in the second half and can't figure out a way to make Kyler Murray work. Cliff Kingsbury, same record, essentially, as Brian Flores through three years. 24-24-1. And, one. and uh, Brian Flores didn't have the gift that is Kyler Murray <laughs> or DeAndre Hopkins. Like, it's, it's I don't know. It's it's very, like, I, I again, I, I just think anyone not seeing it this way, not at least being suspicious or wanting to, to learn more about this, I, I think you're just being very naive if mm-hmm. you don't see that this is, this is a, a real issue that, that people face. I don't know. I, th- I think I think you need to start having conversations with other people if if you can't see this. Yeah. <laughs> like I think you need to expand your horizons a little bit. The uh, the other news today in the NFL. Um, well, actually, let's get into the the most elite troll job we've ever seen. Uh, Nick Foles congratulating Tom Brady <laughs> on his retirement with a handshake picture. You love it. You love Nick Foles it. even great at social media. Um, but yeah, Brady retires and. The final team to ever beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl will be the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think is sensational. Um, well, there is another white guy that uh, is not coming back to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh called Michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he'll be returning to school for the 2022 season. Hmm. That was also one of the Dolphins' big Rumors, bets was yeah. getting Jim Harbaugh. So maybe there's a reason that he was like, eh. <laughs> I'll go back to Ann Arbor and collect my gazillions of dollars. They pay they me five hundred k to win. So. I, get, I get free Jordans. Say less. Uh, I mean, it is pretty wild in terms of the NFL landscape now. Like the quarterbacks we grew up watching, they're all retired. Yeah, Tom Brady retiring was uh, it caught us by surprise. I was yeah, and then obviously there's a lot of backpedaling because. He uh, he kept saying he was day to day with yeah. it, which I guess is like a toe injury or something, right? Retirement's now an injury. Yeah, but um, I'll say this: truly, one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. lifetime in terms of like dominance over the sport. And uh, it it got to a point where I like I wanted Tampa Bay to win again this year yep. simply because I enjoy watching greatness in front of me. I love that I got to see like Tom Brady's career in totality. 
uh, in the same way that I, I'm seeing like LeBron's right. Like mm-hmm. I'll be able to like tell people that I watch them in their primes. I watch them win championships and that's just cool. Like I kind of, I wish he didn't retire and he could yeah. win like one more this season. And like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's weird. Like as you get older and like, you see these guys like that you grew up with, like Peyton was like the first one for me that mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like, no NFL without Peyton Manning is like weird, weird for me. That's a weird spot for me to be in, and now Tom as well. So, um, it's like the big six. It was like that that first run wave where it was like Peyton, Tom, Drew Brees. They were kind of mm-hmm. like categorized together, and then it was like that next class. It was Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, and now all six of those guys officially retired. Yeah, and what's crazy too is like. Tom Brady has had like just he's just had one of the most insane career like I don't know that you'll ever obviously like so much about like Patrick Mahomes right like people have Mm. constantly tried to like project him to be like the next goat or whatever and but like the things he would have to do Tom Brady's 35 and 13 in the playoffs that's like insane Tom Brady has one less playoff win in his career than the Cowboys do as a franchise (laughs) like just insane like he, I, I didn't want Brady to retire for that reason. I wanted him to win two yeah. more playoff games so he could jump the Cowboys. But, like, he personally accounts for, like, three-fourths of, like, Tampa Bay's entire playoff history. Yeah. Like, he, like <laughs> it's just it's just crazy. Like, who's even going to play 48 playoff games? Like, that's insane. I know Mahomes is great, but, like, I know, like, they just – they. Four straight AFC Championship games. They get to host four straight two, which has uh, never been done. And, like, you have that as the backdrop. But, like, okay, now he has to do it for, like, 18 more years. <laughs> yeah. And, like, consistently, too. Like, not just, oh, you know, he has, like, another three or three good years now and then a few years in the wilderness. And then he's, like, no, like, you got to. And you don't know how much longer Mahomes is going to be paired up with Andy Reid. Right. Or, like, the fact that he is, you know, Kelsey and Hill. Like, there's. And I mean, you're even seeing it now, like in the last two seasons, they've not been able to put it together. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in that in that Niners Super Bowl, like they weren't dominant. They were down halfway through the fourth quarter. Tell you, I, it if, is if, unreal. If Jimmy like, G hits that bomb to Manuel Sanders. You know, we don't. We're probably not having this weird goat talk that we're no. prematurely having with Patrick Mahomes. So, I think it it's is, just a testament to how good Brady is. It's so, wild how that's, good. He that, was. That's when you know like a player is good when like immediately like he is the litmus test by which every other like wannabe great quarterback mm-hmm. will be graded on. Like and just the whole story too. Like he's six round pick, 199th yeah. overall. Like you'll never you'll never get something like that again. Yeah, no like shot. He's an anomaly to what the NFL is, and it is crazy to think that like Brady's retiring at age 44. And you can make the argument that he's leaving like three or four good seasons on the table. He just broke the record for pass completions in a season. Just threw for like 5,300 yards. And yep. <laughs> like, it's stupid. Somebody said that uh, he got his first, what was it? Uh, unnecessary roughness penalty or something like uh, that. Oh, yeah. It's unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike conduct. The ref. And he was like, all right, check that one off the off the list. That and was you the know last what? one. He, he was right to complain about that, too, because he got... Uh, unfairly hit in the head and was like even bleeding and was like yelling at the ref because where's the call on that? Um, but I mean, probably I don't think he can get in the ref's face and swear. Yeah. Even if you're Tom Brady. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. But uh, the GOAT retires and uh, (laughs) that Washington football team, Matt, they just continue to uh, make themselves look like complete clowns as they unveil their new team name today. Uh, The Washington Commanders. It's just a horrendous name. It's so bad. Just a horrendous name. The the jerseys look so bush league. Like they are they are beer league jerseys. This is like if you relocate a franchise in Madden, mm-hmm. like this is like one of the presets. That's why I said it's like Madden 06 or 07, and when you're scrolling through like the customizable jerseys, it's like option sixteen. 
where so it gets bad. real funky and and like just stupid. That's it's, like a USC like China jersey, you know? Yeah. Like it's just like <laughs> bad. It's all bad. The fact that they're introducing a black jersey, and I am I am on the record saying that I am a huge fan of, of the black like third alternate jersey. Two straight jersey rebrands now. The Jets and the Washington football team. I hate their black uniforms. They both look like the default Madden looking uniforms. And on top of that, the Washington football team has never had like any inkling of like black in their color scheme for them to introduce. This is just like from the rafters and the helmet is the worst part about it. Having the logo like on the front crown of the helmet is just gross. Yeah, it um doesn't look right. I actually thought the Jets black jerseys kind of grew on me this year. Every time I saw them, I, I liked them a little bit. They're very generic looking, but I, I kind of like them. Uh, I I don't I don't like the name. I think the name is stupid. And again, it's just so generic sounding. Um, everything about the Washington football team, though, I thought they should just keep it the Washington football yeah. team. If I you're gonna change like it to this, like <laughs> just go back to that. I always liked it too because like. Obviously, the abbreviated is just like WFT, yeah. and every time I, I thought it said like WTF, like, <laughs> and I thought that's just like a great, that's just a great way of connecting, you know, like yourself to the to the Washington football team. It's it's a bad name. The jerseys are not great. Um, the two li- like horizontal lines encapsulating the Commanders too is gross. Yeah, I don't. And please tell me you saw the face. It's like something you would see. Uh, the the farmers insurance uh, song. Awful. It's almost like um. God, it's just so bad. I like the more I look at it, the more I hate it. It's so bad. Washington Commanders. And then they added like the two slits in the W. It's like an. It's like a knockoff Madden mobile game. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> Like, they added the slits in the W, too. Like, what for? Like, what was the purpose there? It's so lazy. It's so uninspired, which, honestly, no Not surprise at all. It's like, the more you think about it, the more you think this actually fits. And then the mayor of Washington, D.C. coming out and saying that, essentially, like, he wants them to move to Washington, D.C. Um, good luck. And they can't fill the stadium as is. I doubt moving it to D.C., um, it's going to improve the situation at all. And I mean, the only DC sports team that can actually like rely, and that's only because they've been so good and they have Ovechkin is the Capitals. Yeah. It's the only team that has like been able to reliably actually like fill the stadium with their own fans. Every other sports team is invaded by other, like, like it's a city of transplants mm-hmm. or like, it's obviously in a, in a very like uh, populated area of the country. So people will make the drive and it's just, <laughs> why invest all that money for it to be like just you know lincoln financial south like <laughs> and i don't know what's worse this new w that the commanders are sporting or the walgreens washington nationals w uh it's still the walgreens nationals because that's just so egregious looking stolen franchise stolen logo this is almost like uh like wisconsin <laughs> w but like again like an unlicensed NCAA game. It's a, it's it's like a, don't copy my homework, but like put your own spin on it. It's yeah. like the setting the it to W for Wumbo. It's so bad. It's horrendous. Um, we'll wrap up with some uh, underground sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame talk. Obviously, the official ballot is out now on our Twitter account. Uh, so go to at underground PHI on Twitter to check out the ballot. Uh, I'll read off the. The 10 names slash entities on the list, because uh, last week, obviously, Matt and I curated some of these, then I poked around and, and found some others uh, from over the past year. So, obviously, we talked about MVP Bryce Harper, Joel Embiid, the Carson Wentz pick conveying as a first rounder, uh, one that I thought should be on the bell. We talked about it when it happened, but uh, hashtag raise the cat, Izzy the cat, uh, who unfortunately passed away earlier this this past year. Color Star Chronicles, the OG Fanatic return. Thank God. Uh, Nick Sirianni's Flowers, Jason Kelsey, uh, Zach Wheeler's Rob Cy Young season, and of course one of our favorite bits slash beliefs on this podcast is the stupidity of crypto and NFTs. (laughs) 
It's a good list. Uh, and then, of course, we'll also have our our Legend Award get announced when we announce the full list, as well as our Community Award Team of the Year. And uh, we're going to introduce a new category, the Enemy of the Underground, which will be very fun. Because Matt and I will just go on an absolute rant on whoever the Enemy of the Underground <laughs> is when you guys find out. But go to our Twitter account to uh, submit your ballot. We've get we've been getting some people submitting their, their pit. You can... Vote for as many or as few as you want. There are 10 names on the official ballot uh, for this year's class for the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame. And uh, it's been 400 episodes of this show now, Matt. We've gone from a small studio to Tyler Steinbrand's house before (laughs) he went on tour with the Killers uh, to now out here in in Studio A, Studio Underground. Uh, and we have another studio kind of in construction for some other shows, but 400's a, a big number that I think when you, me, Dom, and, and Dylan sat down as like brainstorming how we wanted to attack this, 400 felt like so far away, and it's it's here. Yeah, for, it's you know what? Anytime you hit like a big milestone like this, I always think of like the baseball milestones. Yeah, we're like. They, they flash it on the screen and everyone gives like a nice ovation. It's like <laughs> we're like rounding the bases and just enjoying a smooth, smooth cruise into 401 now. Yeah, it's it's that. And then like SportsCenter puts up, oh, he joined the 400 club. Yeah. Like, here's the amount of people who did this, this and this. Um, and then on top of that, like the other podcasts that we host, like the amount of episodes we've done of, you know, top ends outside the box streamer season, like collectively, we're like approaching like over a thousand podcasts recorded, which is Again, insane to think about. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of talking into a microphone, and it's it's a privilege to do it. And uh, wouldn't be done without you guys who who watch and support at home. So big thank you to you guys, and uh, you guys have been coming out in in nice numbers uh, with our YouTube channel. YouTube is coming in the next couple of weeks for us. Uh, stay tuned to our social media accounts for the upload schedule and and when shows will be on our YouTube channel. We are at 49 subscribers now. I know it's going to be a slow burn to climb those numbers up, but uh, be a friend, tell a friend, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can just search Underground Sports Philadelphia now. I was telling people early on, like, oh, yeah, just search us, man. But because we didn't have a video on the channel yet, nothing came up. It was just all different types of, like, NBC Sports Philadelphia came up and all that. But now there's a video on the channel uh, saying hello to YouTube. So you can search us and uh, subscribe. Hit the bell notification so when videos start going up, you don't miss a single one. Like every video, comment, all that good stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of YouTube content. Had a nice little meeting today with our, our pals over at Pickup. There's some good good stuff coming for us uh, podcast-wise with Pickup, so you are going to want to stay tuned for that in the very near future. That's why you got to follow us on social media, at UndergroundPHI on Twitter, and Instagram, follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. And, of course, like I said, go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feeds. Uh, Apple Podcasts, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Submit your ballots for the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame. Five-star ratings on Spotify, all that good stuff. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades Stateside Vodka and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP, you get 25% off your entire order on quality eyewear for an affordable price, plus those new ski goggles available now at TomahawkShades.com, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the Surfside Iced Teas at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Our pals over at Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see you as Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And like we said, our friends at Bino Board, use our affiliate link linked in the description of every podcast. We're working on getting the promo code thing situated for you guys but go to Bino board with our affiliate link and uh help support the show but this has been underground sports philadelphia episode number 400 any final thoughts Matt? 
I'm currently watching uh, the United States play Honduras in zero degree weather in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, I because, saw that. Uh, That's insane. Because the, the U.S. Soccer Federation is uh, brain dead. Unbelievable. <laughs> this game was supposed to be played in uh, San Diego, I think, um, and they decided to move it to the, just one of the coldest states in one of the coldest times of year. In February. Morons. <laughs> in an open-air stadium when the Viking Stadium, which is a dome, is, I think, like 15 minutes away. <laughs> where where are they playing? This is in uh, Minnesota United's new stadium, okay. which is part of the reason. It's all you know, money, dumb shit. <laughs> but uh, Jesus, <laughs> had to check in and see how the boys are doing. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I saw like trying to reports. get to that World Cup, baby. Top ends World Cup season. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I saw that, and it was like frostbite could kick in within eight minutes. They had this entire like. Listen, there's never. It's never good when there's like an entire worksheet on all the things that they're providing to the players to keep them warm and the staff and all the fans to keep them warm. Like that's just not a. It's currently five degrees. Wind chill <laughs> makes it feel like negative twelve. That's insanity. So, what a life. Go follow Toppins on Twitter. <laughs> because I'm sure you guys will be talking about this on Monday. Uh, but this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 400. We're working on a special guest for Super Bowl week, which should be a lot of fun. But uh, until then, for Matt, I'm KB. Thank you guys for all your support over the last 400 episodes, and here's to 400 more. But until then, we are signing off. Peace. Peace.